Welcome, listeners, to this episode of Legal Marketing Station with Jason. We will be joined today by COO of Argyle Interactive, John Schetzlein. He is going to cover marketing strategies that you, as a solo attorney, a medium-sized law firm, or a Fortune 500 law firm, can implement right away to keep growing your practice. Hold on, and we will be right back here with John. Welcome to Legal Marketing Station with Jason, with your host, Jason Craver, co-owner of Telegenic Marketing and co-creator of Local Legal Authorities, the best exclusive legal directory. Each week, we bring you attorney, legal vendor, and legal marketer interviews, along with marketing tips with tutorials you can implement. Pick up the most up-to-date marketing methods and techniques in the legal industry that will get your business results. Now back to this week's show with your host, Jason Craver. Well, thank you guys all for joining Legal Marketing Station today. We have an honored guest here today from Argyle Interactive, and he is going to be able to help us dive a little bit into this legal marketing world and give us a lot more information about that side. So, John, if you could give us just a small introduction of yourself here and your role in Argyle and a little bit about Argyle Interactive, that would be great. Absolutely. Thanks for the lead off, Jason. So everyone, I'm John. I'm from Argyle Interactive. And I first got my start at Argyle as a Drexel co-op, believe it or not. And I've been there ever since. Uh, started out doing basic digital campaign coordinating stuff, um, simple intern work to get me introduced into the, in the type of work. But I started to quickly find my niche in that no one at the time was really doing email marketing. Uh, so I started getting into that, doing a good, good job, you know, testing out different subject lines, doing A-B tests, stuff like that, setting up analytics and the reporting and doing that front. So that led me naturally into starting to do analytics at Argyle. So I became Argyle Analytics Manager. So from email marketing to analytics management, working on reports, doing converge rate optimization, connecting email marketing with like analytics, those different apps, starting to connect different apps and stuff like that. Found another niche, got into a little bit of marketing operations. Uh, and so basically gone from email marketing to analytics uh, and Google ads, and now just doing general operations now, connecting everything together and making sense of it. That is awesome. um, So that takes me to where I'm at today as the COO at Argyle. That's awesome. What, uh, what really got you started or inspired you to get started with that first role at Argyle? Yeah, uh, you know, so it really started, you know, because we were just in a, a small business. It was, it was a startup at that time. Um, and in my past co-ops, you know, I it was in the more corporate environment. So I got a lot more regimented work, a lot more oversight. But here, you know, it was like kind of like, you know, you, you do it, you own it. Um, and that kind of like really boosted my you know creativity and you know drive to you know succeed and get you know get results for our clients at the end of the day um so that is how i sort of got my start got my early drive you know i was I started to own my project you know the email marketing like emails are done by me you know i come up with them get the design approved by the client and then we implement and we get results um there are pain points at the company you know we we didn't know how to like what does all this data mean? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. And so I figured it out. 
And they're like, how are we going to get this data? And I'm going to figure out how we do that. You know, now we have analytics and stuff like that set up and all this. And, you know, just connecting the dots, making sense of it. You know, not really getting lost in the sauce either. Because uh, there's a lot of different data points you can be tracking. A lot of different things you can waste your time on. Um, and just really knowing what the data is and what it means for you, it can, can make a world of difference. Um, I hope I didn't get sidetracked in your conversation because no, 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 I do tend to rant a little bit. I definitely agree on that side. I feel like the data points is uh, you could find a data point for every single thing you could think of in the marketing side of things. So yeah, not getting lost in the data points is a big one there. Uh, sometimes I hop into SEMrush and just get overwhelmed oh, yeah. by mm -hmm. what you can actually do in SEMrush. And I heard a crazy stat that it was like, I think the amount of users that actually use the full leg of SEMrush is oh, about 5% yeah. of the users. So you're just like, nobody understands what's in that system. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's... I bet those users are a shared account too, where you got different people in the SEO department using the same account to do the you know different things. That's... That I won't say publicly, but you know, I'm sure a lot of people use one count in that, that program. Um, so at Argyle Interactive, you guys are a full service digital marketing agency. Um, you guys tailor to clients all over, not just the legal industry. What would you say kind of your percentage of clients in the legal industry are compared to clients in other industries? Yeah, so uh, we do have a good base of legal clients at Argyle. Um, it's about anywhere from 10 to 30%, really, uh, based on like the total amount of clients we have at a time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good chunk. Right now we have, I think, five continuing contracts going right now. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, obviously always looking for more. But uh yeah I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with the accounts we have now we're doing some real cool stuff and i'm getting a lot of success that i'm pretty excited to share with you guys that is awesome is a lot of your clients localized to um philadelphia yeah yeah so over time we've we're slowly spreading out um kind of like any small to medium-sized business in, in an area they generally expand their reach so yeah started out in philadelphia new jersey area and got some delaware um and we're, we're still going um, yeah i always say start small run your uh territory and then expand to every territory next to that territory <laughs> yeah you don't gotta be all over the place at, at the start definitely so honing in on to the fact that you guys have multiple different industries of clients would you say the legal industry because that's obviously what we're here to talk about the most here, would you say that legal industry is more difficult to get results in the digital marketing side of things than potentially a lot of the other industries you guys are within? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, I, I hate getting, giving this answer, but, you know, it, it depends. It depends how you look at it. Um, with the legal industry, I find it, you know, it's kind of easier to track conversions, which over time will make it easier to hone your marketing efforts and, and get success. Because um, really, a lot of the time, it's like a phone call or a form submission that is that point of contact that you're driving home. Um, something like e-commerce, it can be a little bit more difficult because generally speaking, not every e-commerce is like this, but, you know, e-commerce, you're selling on a features-based, like, you know, 
a blender has four blades. It has X amount of RPMs and stuff like that. And you know, is that much differentiation there? Um, not much room to market on those beliefs that are behind like products, you know, with, with law firms, you're like protecting people's rights and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot more ring to that and it makes it easier on that front. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you read online, people, you know, law firms are, it's a very competitive environment, you know, CPCs. I, I hate talking about my CPCs to, you know, my coworkers who, who aren't like working on like legal clients and, you know, like our sh social media advertiser will tell me their CPC. And I'm like, do not, you're, you're going to like think something's wrong or I'm doing something wrong with Google ads, but yeah, you know, they tend to run higher. You're going to cry when you hear yeah. what words mm -hmm. we're actually targeting. Well, but the flip side of that is, you know, that they're higher because, you know, they can, uh, they, they afford it because the payoff of some leads is, you know, potentially game changing for some clients, exactly. particularly personal injury. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, that is the truth. Personal injury can get that 50K to upwards of millions of dollars in yes. for one case. And that's where you go. Would you market the whole year to get that one case? And if an attorney says yeah. no, I think they're crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that is awesome to uh, see that e-commerce is a very tough industry. We also have some play in e-commerce and I always say you have to find the niche within your e-commerce to actually yeah. be able to show a lot of results in e-commerce because, you know, everybody wants to be a, the next clothing brand to sell t-shirts. And, and the fact of the matter is nobody's going to go search t-shirts and find any of those brands. <laughs> right. The, the way to do it is you have to hire an influencer or something like that, you know, exactly. break the noise on that front. And then even or, on that leg, it's... Look, how many of the influencers followers are yeah. uh, probably not real. <laughs> Most of your work is you're not even talking about the product. You're trying to get these people to <laughs> exactly, or, you know, get a story out, you know, with a press release or something like that. Exactly. Awesome. Well, we um, have one major, major question that's going to really bring the next uh, 10 minutes of the conversation down here. And this is really to hone in on that legal marketing industry and a law firm in general or a solo attorney. Um, so we are going to break this into a three-part question because I think it has different answers with every single person that you can kind of focus on. Um, so I'm going to ask the question and then we'll break down those parts and then we can just go into some good discussion about um, each, each leg of it. So... We know Argyle Interactive is a full-service digital marketing agency. That means that you guys perform SEO, PPC campaigns, content campaigns, obviously SEO-driven probably, um, local service ads, video, and more. So there's a lot of services that you guys offer. Out of each leg of those services, would you say that there's a particular service that performs better for a law firm. And I say law firm, and that's what really how we're going to break down that three-part question, because I think there's different legs of law firms. Um, like we have previously discussed about solo attorneys compared to a mid-sized law firm, compared to a Fortune 500 law firm, their marketing strategies are going to be completely different. 
So let's start on that first leg of solo practitioner attorneys and really dive into what services you think that they could implement as well as what the best services that they could invest in is. Yeah. Uh, so for, for solo attorneys and, and any, any size in, in general, I would say, make sure you have your base set up. So in order to run a law firm, you need an office. In order to market your law firm, you probably need a website. So, so get your website set up. And it could be as simple as a landing page with a contact form if you're a solo, you know, solo attorney. Or it could be a massive website with a bunch of content that you have ready to go you know, if you're like a Fortune 500 firm. Um, get your website set up, get your base set up, because at the end of the day, a lot of your marketing is going to be driving to that website. And you don't want to have any like data loss or any like lost opportunities. Um, and it's, it's pretty integral to your online marketing efforts moving forward. And it can be an important part to print marketing and other, other marketing channels. So definitely get your website set up. And starting out, uh, I would take small steps, whether you're a solo attorney or a, a large firm, just actually getting you know, your marketing together and actually putting together a coherent strategy and going after certain goals. Um, small firms, I think, would benefit with organic ranking, um, writing a blog too, you know, creating a little bit of content here and there, uh, just to fill out your website too. Cause you know, you, as a, as an attorney, it's important to have like an established authority, uh, especially if you're smaller. So if you're talking the same talk in your local area, people might vibe more with, with the local attorney, as opposed to a lar larger, like law firm, um, at the same time, if you're a larger law firm, you know, if you have a lot of content and an extensive record and, you know, you look at all our cases and stuff like that, and your website is very strategically built out, um, that's the flip side there. Uh, and, you know, medium firms kind of flex between the two. Uh, our one client that I do a lot of good work for, uh, we're, we're kind of like in that medium space where, you know, he has about six to 10 attorneys, um, good Google ad spend, great SEO results. We're doing really well right now. And yeah, we're, we're taking him to like the next level. So he's actually, you know, expanding and opening up new office locations. When with those new office locations comes new web pages for those offices, new content to write about those locations and put on those offices. Does it all reinforce that like his overall strategy of Google search market saturation? Uh, another firm would be like, you know what? I get a lot of my, get a lot of my leads from referral services. So I would say maybe don't worry about organic right now. If you're, if you get a lot of your leads from referral services, go after, you know, maybe something like maybe local service ads by Google. They're pretty new. Um, and a benefit there is, you know, they're pretty new. A lot of law firms client, you know, they don't have their marketing set up too well to begin with. So there's already a gap here. So you're already adapting a new technology and it's like right at the top and it's like Google guaranteed. Um, our client has seen a lot of success with that as well. Um, but to circle it back, sorry about the rant. Oh, to no. circle it back, <laughs> start out with the website and then identify what really drives most of your business. If you get a lot of calls, do call only Google ads or make sure there's no contact forms on your website. It could be a drastic 
you know, drastic change, you'd be worried, oh, well, no one was going to want to send me a message. But, you know, you, you, have, it, you have all your business coming from calls to begin with. Um, set up a chatbot on the site. Take, take, take a load off. Work a little bit easier. You know, work smarter, not harder. Um, From your experience, how much does a chatbot raise conversions on, on an average attorney's website? Obviously, yeah, you don't so, have to give us hard numbers, but give us kind of that understanding of of what it, what is the user that gets captured by a chat bot that potentially might not if you didn't have a chat bot. Yeah, so that that becomes tricky too because a lot a lot of times with these chat bots, you know, you have to actually figure out how to track those conversions. Um, that comes into the you know these are different systems. Uh, so it actually takes time to figure that out. Uh, but, you know, I would say with, with chat, it really depends. There's, there's that political answer again, <laughs> that non-answer that doesn't really help with anything. You know, I haven't really seen a law firm take on clients with texting, but if you, I have one client who's actually just contracted us to set up MMS marketing so that he can get um, ads from advertisers for his newsletter. Awesome. Um, so if you get your leads by, by MMS marketing, or, you know, if you find that you can get your friends to get to your party through texts, you know, instead of a Facebook group, you know, remind them through a text, you know, maybe you can get more leads through a text. Uh, maybe you can get more leads through a chat. Uh, it's something to try out and just compare based off of like, if it incrementally increases your conversions overall. Agree. Yeah, we've had a couple clients that have actually hit us with that the chat increases potentially not the greatest leads for them. So we've experimented for a while, then taken it off because they're like, the amount of time that I'm spending on this end uh, is actually taking away from this end. But I think chats are super effective in a lot of law firm websites. I think it definitely captures a lot of those users that potentially are looking for those quicker questions, but don't want to actually cold call or that attorney yeah. call into that attorney. Mm -hmm. It also, I think has uh, that barrier because a lot of people know if they call the attorney's number that they're probably going to get forwarded to an answering service, which a lot of people obviously don't like to be um, stuck by that answering service who's protecting their attorney. Um, but yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. So for solo attorneys, you said get the base set up. For smaller firms, it was really build that base. So expand practice mm -hmm. areas, expand locations, expand on content, um, and expand on potentially those PPC leads and get more of those leads coming right. in. If you're a Fortune 500 law firm, what would you suggest for the big of the bigs to do? For the big of the bigs, I would say try to get some like ground presence out there. Sponsor a big event. Uh, make a big donation to charity and get a press release. Um, you, you have the resources to make those big moves. So make a big move, make a wave and the, you know, that, you know, see what happens around it. Um, 
it's more of like playing the long game with these types of things. You run an event and maybe in like five years of, of running that event, you know, now it starts to come back. Definitely. And it could be, it starts to come back by you're now attracting new, new top talent. Um, yeah. I like to think of like marketing, you know, it, it can be used to solve different problems other than getting more customers or getting more clients. Right. Great. Yeah. So like I set up some stuff just for our own personal uses. We're setting up some, just when someone requests a quote, will auto generate a proposal for us. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, quality of life improvements to running your business can happen through like these certain apps that we've come to like learn how to do for marketing. Definitely. And like learn how to set up and connect to other things. Agreed on that. The automated world for uh, lawyers is advancing so fast. I feel like that mm-hmm. a lot of people are almost scared to adapt the new systems. But once you realize that the new system takes out potentially an ex- employee's expense, you're like, whoa, maybe we need to get on these systems right away. Um, but yeah, the amount of tech law firm facing like just software that i've seen come out yeah. in the past year blows my mind yeah there's a lot of actual like law firm specific marketing tech definitely yeah out there. Uh, the researcher ones are the craziest thing to me is like <laughs> you literally don't have to do research as an attorney anymore you plug in exactly what you're researching they feed everything right to you and you're like wait this just saved how much time mm-hmm um so fortune 500 companies definitely have to figure out how to get out there get noticed by other sources Mm -hmm. um, whether that's in person or online that uh is the move that they need to do yeah and i would definitely make sure that they are you know using some advanced seo techniques like backlink campaigns and you know getting people to talk about them going on a podcast right right exactly. <laughs> running your own podcast you know doing this stuff to get the content out there because you know seo it's broken down i like to think in, in two parts there's implementation setting up your website code getting the schema markup in place getting ready to use it and then basically maintenance maintaining that implementation and optimizing i included maintenance yep, you can think yep. of it as three I, I put it as two keep it simple i think it's two as well think the maintenance and the ongoing optimization part of maintenance needs to be there the whole yeah. time yeah because uh, it's a constantly changing field things change all the time google's always updating their algorithm exactly well google just shot out their algorithm uh about what, yeah. two months ago at this point they had a little delay this year um well ask a quick question about that how how have you seen the google algorithm impact your current legal clients yeah, so I like to be optimistic and and think whenever Google does something, it's it's trying to improve. Sometimes that might not always play out, but in general, it's always trying to improve. So if you do the best practices and, and optimize on the best practices and not try and gain the system, you're basically optimizing for the future, right? You're, you're kind of like keeping yourself safe in a way. Uh, so this past core update, they were like, well, you might not see any changes. Um, but if you if you do see changes, they might be temporary. Um, we we have had 
change after that core update, and it was it was very good. Um, our one our one side of the of the law firm is just. I feel bad sending the report for like the competitors because they're they're not there anymore. <laughs> you know, we, we we did a really nice job. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm starting to see more rich snippet results coming up for the videos that we're making for them. So it's uh, it's nice. We're starting to see the work pay off. It took like a month or two to get the algorithm, pick that stuff up, and start to show it as we want it. Yeah. I've heard a couple opposite from uh, some other people I've asked that question to. So it's good to hear that you guys have seen a, a positive effect from it. Um, a couple of the other responses, a bunch of people noticed that or the organic keyword count just decreased and they lost a lot of their organic keywords within their platform. And I'm hmm. still trying to understand. And they said they're still obviously trying to understand why that happened. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. But why don't want that happening? That over 50% of their organic keywords disappeared in like a quick week. I was like, that's wild. We in, their, not... in their platform or like their, their rankings just disappeared for those keywords? So... That's where a lot of people are monitoring it from that SEMrush platform or that right. HREFs platform. And I'm wondering if the platforms that they're monitoring it from are almost not being able to keep up with hmm. um, potentially what, what Google just changed as of now. But yeah, that was some interesting feedback that I got that I was like, maybe I'm going to look into a bunch of the campaigns again to see if I've seen that on our side. Um, but we, uh, we saw some awesome increase from the, the full algorithm change in industry-wide overall for our clients. So it was very cool to see yeah. that Google didn't throw the knife in the, <laughs> the results there since I think every SEO in about May to June just sits there and it's like, all right, <laughs> let's hopefully this here. <laughs> what kind of email am I going to get? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you touched on it a little bit earlier on. I wanted to just kind of go into it a little bit more, but you said local service ads, and you also right. highlighted that local service ads were a newer type thing. Mm -hmm. um, so could you go into a little bit more about local service ads, kind of the background of what an attorney would have to do to get established in local service ads? Because I think because it's such a new thing that, you know, a lot of attorneys that are listening potentially might be like, new, let me yeah. hop into that sooner than later. Um, so yeah, if you could give us the processing and a little bit more into it, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's like a Google guaranteed good service. So Google is guaranteeing this provider of a service is, is very reputable and they're established. You're going to have a, a good service experience. Uh, so in order for them to guarantee that, you have to go through a background check. And that's, do you have a law license? I, I would think any lawyer would be like, I have a law license. So that's not really that hard part. Um, it's it sort of going back and forth between like the background check company representative and the law firm can sometimes be a hassle. Um, if you stay on top of it, it runs very easily, very smoothly. Um, but, you know, Things happen throughout the day and you can you can mess, miss a call. It happens. So don't don't get too hard on yourself if you miss your background check call. Uh, just just keep at it and, you, you know, you get through it. Uh, but once you go through the background check, you set up your services. You know, if you're a personal injury attorney, 
you pick out which fields of personal injury law that is provided, you know, what you provide as that service provider. And that pretty much will dictate when your ads show for a search. Uh, so when someone's like slip an injury attorney near me, like you, you, you're very likely to see a local service ad displaying just three attorneys at the top. It's just three right now. Uh, you can probably view more somehow, but, um, and it's just your picture, like a headshot, your name, and you click to fill out the lead form and you, you, you contact the attorney that way. Um, they're always at the top and they come Google guaranteed. And it's just like an extra layer of credibility and authority on the search page. Uh, you can run them, I believe, at the same time as Google Ads. Uh, I don't think they'll conflict with each other or, or stuff like that. Um, you can have them in, with your local service ad with, you know, your organic search results for like your map listing, you know, your, your content that ranks beneath the map listings or rich snippets that you're ranking for. Good job, by the way. Um, and it's based on a cost per lead model. So instead of paying per click, setting up your conversion tracking and then figuring out what you're actually paying per lead that you get from the ads, you're starting there already. So bonus. Um, if the lead is bad, you can dispute it. Um, they're, they're pretty good with it. Uh, I wouldn't try and game the system. They'll probably catch you if you're trying to game the system, uh, disputing every lead you get. And you know, uh, Just be honest with it. It'll be fine. Um, but it, it has been a great tool for our client who's using them. He's, you know, he gets a good amount of leads from that. It's been incrementally increasing his leads over time. So it's definitely an added benefit. And it's just another way to get on the search results when someone is searching for your specific service. Uh, we like it too, because hey, it worked for our client and it adds that extra layer of authority, like I said. Definitely. So I've never experienced Google guaranteed ads through the attorney side. I've seen it in different industries because they did start local service ads, mm -hmm. kind of the contracting industries. I think it was probably the start of 2020. Yeah. Um, in the contracting industries, the Google guaranteed means that Google will back a potential contractor that would fail in their job so like if you're a plumber and you don't do good work and that client reached out to google and said we found this plumber through your google guaranteed google would pay for the mess up do you have a knowledge if that's the same in the the lawyer side um we haven't experienced that okay yeah haven't experienced that um Hopefully we never do. Yeah. Uh, it, it, to avoid a situation like that, I would dispute a lead that is not qualified. So if this like, I can't help you, I'm sorry, you dispute it. And then, then yeah, you kind of avoid that situation. Okay. And then another thing you said was that, so you already get to that lead. You're obviously only paying for leads. We all have probably... Potentially, a lot of the attorneys listening here have invested in PPC. They know how hard it is potentially within their PPC campaigns to show a positive um, kind of obviously relation of the leads that they're getting from it with all the clickbait that's out there these days. Is Have you seen that for those leads, you're paying a higher rate than you would be for the CPC targets that you're targeting? 
So it is higher. I believe it's about like 90 for, for our clients, about 90 per lead. Okay. Um, but it's, it's more of like a guaranteed lead in a sense. Right. You know, they, they, they do convert better than the leads we generate through Google ads. Agreed. So because we get more volume through Google ads, the costs per lead naturally goes down because that's a ratio. It's not really, I could pay $300 for one of these leads, but the other ones mm -hmm. might drop. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that lead was, was terrible, but you know, it's just, <laughs> it, it pays itself off. Um, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. So it's just higher quality. Even if you have to pay more, at least you're paying for the quality from the start. And that's yeah their selling point there. And you always have to check and make sure that it's, you know, working out for you. You know, when we, when we first launched these, you know, we didn't know much about them. So, you know, our client really wanted to do it. We were like, okay, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, let's make sure we check in and it's working for you. Right. Right. We checked in. He was like, oh, yeah, I got a lead. And then you're like, I got more leads. That's awesome. You're like, we're going to keep it in the marketing mix. Does it record the calls for them too? So you can really vet that that call was quality or not yeah yeah there's a way to, to track the case and everything like that um it's not like a full-fledged crm system uh but you know i mean google my business has call recording too uh google ads says the call recording the, they're deleted after the you know, x amount of days i don't know the exact number they don't want to hold on that information it'll just slow their systems down their cloud would be uh filled very quickly if they held on yeah <laughs> They would have to build more servers that we don't know about in this world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Digging deeper underground, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, awesome. I think that is uh, all the questions that I've had for you today. And it was awesome having you here. I don't know if you guys heard earlier on, but John did say that they're always looking for more legal clients True. <laughs> as well as they are always looking for more digital marketing clients if potentially you are listening to this and you're not necessarily a law firm specific since we do tailor to that vendor audience as well um but yeah is there anything that you'd like to finish this off with uh no i, I would just say you know take it one step at a time if you're just getting into it and if you're already into it and trying to optimize you know Figure out what's working best and then, and then focus in on there. Uh, don't overcomplicate things because by overcomplicating things, you can't act on anything. And then when you don't act on anything, nothing gets done. So just keep the progress going. Don't sweat it if you mess something up or if you lose a dollar or two. It's, you know, it happens. You have to play the game, uh, but it'll definitely pay off once you get it going. Agreed. Agreed. It is an investment at the end of the day. It's not an expense. And that's what we always tell the really? attorneys, law firms, and all clients. So this is an investment for marketing. Don't treat it as, as an expense there. So, well, thank you very much for uh, joining us here today. And Jason. everybody, thank you for listening. And we will be back with more guests and more tips for you guys next time. Thanks for joining us today for Legal Marketing Station with Jason. We hope you received a valuable legal marketing tip from today's episode. 
Be sure to leave any comments or questions you have. And stay tuned for future episodes with your host, Jason Craver. Mm-hmm.